Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. We often tell tales of carefully crafted crimes or serial killings that take up years. But some crimes, like the one we are talking about today are quick and brutal, but still just as senseless. On November 21st, 1945, a man was killed in a random act of violence in a place he was getting ready to leave forever. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Al Davis was born on January 26th, 1920, in a then-predominantly Jewish area of Brooklyn, New York. While his father went from a produce push cart to a successful candy store, to make a little extra cash, he sold whiskey during a time of prohibition. And in order to not get caught, he made sure his son, who was just seven years old, stood lookout for him and sent out an alert whenever he saw police nearby. As a result, Al developed into a tough, street-smart kid who became well-known throughout the neighborhood that was, at the time, also home to the crime syndicate Murder, Inc., Though his two older brothers found themselves affiliated with the notorious gang, acting as their collectors, Al managed to stay clear of that lifestyle and instead concentrated on the sport of boxing. Getting the nickname Bummy from his boxing promoter, Al began boxing at Willie and Charlie Beecher's gym in Brownsville in 1933 and at the age of just 13 began working with Jewish trainer and former lightweight Frankie Kane. At 15, he had his first amateur fight under the name Giovanni Pascani. He was underage at the time. 
And with a quick left hook, he knocked out a number of his opponents, and because Cash wasn't a prize in amateur fights, won a handful of nice watches that he would later sell or pawn. That left hook became his famous move, and according to the sources, it was one of the strongest in boxing history. Over the course of his time in the ring, Al Davis won 66 match, 47 of which were KOs, lost 10 times, and had 4 draws. An impressive career, he was named in Ring Magazine's list of the quote, 100 greatest punchers of all time. One of his big career highlights came when he met fellow Jewish boxer from Brooklyn called Bernie Friedkin. Though he was only 18 at the time and therefore could not exceed the six rounds in accordance with the New York regulations, the pair were featured as the main event at a fight and drew a crowd of around 4,000 spectators to Madison Square Garden. Though the more experienced Bernie Friedkin was favored to win, Al Davis hit him with that signature left hook in the first round. The second round was won by Bernie, though he lost the third on a foul, and in the fourth, Al came at his head strong and caused his opponent to slump to the ground and fail to get back up. He made a name for himself again when he scored a three-round technical knockout over the great Tony Canzanieri in 1939 at Madison Square Garden, something that had never happened to the former dual-weight class champion and despite him being 11 years older than Al. And he followed up his victory with a five-round KO over Tippi Larkin that December. Though he was succeeding in the ring, the fans who were loyal to his opponents often booed him when he was dubbed the winner. The next year proved to be a poor one for Al Davis, starting with a huge loss, his first, in front of a crowd of over 20,000 spectators, who for one reason or another seemed to come just to see him fail. After losing a large chunk of fans when he was arrested for assault after an altercation with a man in a candy store, for which he was required to pay bail, Things got even worse after a non-title fight with welterweight champion Fritzi Zivic, where his opponent, known for using his elbows and rubbing the laces of his gloves in their eyes, set off Al and, losing his patience, he began hitting him with at least 10 foul blows and after kicking him in the testicles, Al Davis was disqualified. He then kicked the referee and had to be restrained before he could continue his attack on Fritzi Zivic. Though some say the kick to the ref was an accident, the police were called and the crowd began throwing trash into the ring. After the incident, the New York State Boxing Commissioner stated, quote, That, as far as we are concerned, is the last we will see of Mr. Davis around here. He is through. He was fined $2,500 and disqualified from boxing in New York State for the rest of his life. Though it was later reinstated, Al Davis, needing a new path in life, joined the Army in early 1941. And with the gate receipts going to the U.S. Army Relief Fund, he and Fritzi Zivic had a rematch on July 7, 1941. Fritzi won with a 10th-round TKO, and Al, who had been away from boxing for six months while in the Army, had to be hospitalized. Traveling, serving, and boxing along the way, Al remained in the Army until his discharge in August of 1943, after his only child was born in 1942, to he and his wife, Barbara. Al Bummy Davis won his last victory in February of 1944 before an audience of nearly 18,000 spectators. Knocking out the future Hall of Famer Bob Montgomery in the first round, 
This was Al's first fight in Madison Square Garden since he was barred. Though he continued to box, the rest of his matches were unfortunately losses. His very last one came on May 12, 1945, when Rocky Graziano achieved a technical knockout in the fourth round. Retiring from the sport that had become his life, Al purchased a neighborhood tavern called Duddy's and invested in two racehorses. But after just a year of ownership, Al Davis was thinking of packing it all in and moving his family to Florida. Unfortunately, he would never get that opportunity. In a time where soldiers were coming home to family and the war finally ended, the New York papers were riddled with stories of random robberies and stick-up jobs that were costing many their lives. In fact, in September, there had been a total of 24 murders. In October, it was 29. And by the end of 1945, that number climbed to a staggering nearly 300, a 20% increase from the year before. Al Bummy Davis was just one of those hundreds. On November 21st, 1945, he was sitting at his bar in Brooklyn's Brownsville neighborhood drinking a beer with the new owner, Arthur Polanski, a bartender, and an off-duty cop, when at around 2.45 a.m., four armed men walked in ready to fight. Al, reverting back to his boxing days, punched one of the robbers in the jaw for speaking rudely to Arthur, and as a result, was met with three gunshot wounds. Despite the blood that was flowing from his body, Al attempted to chase the three men who managed to make it to their waiting car and speed off into the night. He was shot at a fourth time and collapsing to the ground, bled out in front of the tavern that he had been in the process of selling. He was just 25 years old. The men responsible for his murder, who called themselves the Flatbush Cowboys, had pulled off about a half a dozen holdups that night and made off with nearly $1,000. Duddy's was their last job of the night. An off-duty officer fired at the fleeing men, gravely wounding one of them, and the entire group was rounded up just a little while later. The Flatbush Cowboys consisted of John Romano, Vincent Giaraffa, both 23, and brothers, Russell Donahue, also 23, and David Donahue, just 17 years old, who was paralyzed by the gunshot and died six months later. The others who confessed were convicted, and when the judge asked Al's widow what she wanted their sentence to be, she, crying, said, I am opposed to capital punishment, but whatever you do, your honor, will be all right with me. He sentenced each to life in prison. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on November 22nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. 
Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.